Welcome to The Weekly, a podcast brought to you by Calvary Bible Church. I'm your host, Jay Ewing. I reside on the Erie campus most often. Today we have the one and only Tom Shirk, the original Tom around here. Hello, Jay. <laughs> Good morning, Tom. Merry Christmas. The ancient Tom. <laughs> what it ever. Father Tom. <laughs> Father Tom. Gotcha. We've derailed this podcast already. Hey, uh, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah? It's a uh, beautiful winter day. It is. How fast did that season change? But it's a crisp, snowy day. It is a crisp, snowy day today. We're in Boulder. We're sitting in the library in Boulder. I love the smell of this place. Oh, good books. Good books. The smell of old books. So good. <laughs> this warms my heart. Warms my heart. Only a scholar like you would love the smell of old books. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Hey, how was your Thanksgiving? Oh, it was exciting. Uh, <laughs> our kids went to the other side for Thanksgiving, so yeah. we had uh, we had our youngest son with us and uh, his girlfriend and some neighbors, yeah. and we had a great time around the table, played some games, and had a little exciting ending, but it was a great time together. <laughs> All right, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Story for another time. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was a great. It was a great Thanksgiving. Did you put a bird on your uh, egg? I did not smoke the turkey oh. this year. It was traditional in the oven. Wow, and excellent. Good. Are you in charge of that, or is Lucy in charge of that? Oh, one? it's a teamwork. Yeah, it's a teamwork. She gives directions and I execute, <laughs> but we work together on it. And it came out very well. Yeah. So and you, our, we had neighbors, and they each brought something or several things, and it was it was a great time. That's good, man. That's really good. Are you? Did you put up your Christmas lights before the snow? I put them up the day after Thanksgiving to my chagrin. Yeah. Well, it got it. It, it was a beautiful day. Yeah. Uh, so we we got the lights up and tree up and pretty easy. Good. Are you the guy who does the multi pitch lights anymore? Or are you just like throw them on some bushes and call it good? No, it's it's. Um, you know, I have to keep up with the neighbors. So, uh, we do a, along the fence line and back on the back deck and the front. So it it's a project. Yeah, that's really neat. That's really neat. Calvary, we're so glad you're listening today. We're going to jump into talking about Christmas on this podcast because we are in the series Wonder. But before we do that, we wanted you to know you can always find out what's happening at your campus. Go to calvarybible.com slash Christmas. Click on your campus. There's a lot of things happening here at Calvary for the season. There's a couple of things I really want to highlight is first and foremost, uh, Calvary Kids has put together an Advent guide for the families every Sunday. You've gotten them if you've come to church in the last couple of weeks with these blue bags, has some Advent wreath in there. And it was so much fun to pause on Sunday and sit down with my kids and do that. Um, we're in the discussion of Isaiah, even in Calvary Kids, and then we have an adult reading plan. Um, it's a combination of Isaiah and John's writings through the New Testament. I think there's some wonderful metaphors here this Christmas, especially this week, Tom, even with light, that I think is a really good to remind ourselves that John has a lot to say about these metaphors of light and shepherd and all these wonderful things that Christmas is all about. Yeah, sure is. And Isaiah is the um, ancient prophecy that 
the New Testament picks up and says what what Isaiah spoke of is being fulfilled in the person of Jesus. And I love the motif of light and darkness, one of the most um, well-used illustrations by Jesus that he said, I am the light of the world. And when Matthew wrote his gospel, he said, uh, the people in darkness have seen a great light, and he pointed that it really was Jesus coming into the world, is the light of the world, and whoever follows him will not walk in darkness. It's a beautiful That's, promise. It is a very beautiful promise. Talking about sort of Isaiah already, just jumping in, um, how many years was it written before Jesus showed up? About 700. Yeah. About 700 years before, and um, it is a wonder of the scriptures to see in the New Testament how in so many places the writers of the New Testament say this is the ancient prophecy being fulfilled. This was written by the prophet, and many times it's Isaiah. But Isaiah was a a book written to Israel with two dominant themes. One was pending judgment for their idolatry and their unfaithfulness, and that was always linked immediately with the promise of the hope of salvation because God is a just God and he is a gracious God. And so he, he promised that Israel would suffer the consequences of their infidelity and then be rescued in the hope of his salvation. Yeah. It's a beautiful story. It is a very, very beautiful story. Now, as we talk about Christmas this year, we, we paused on Isaiah 9 for the first week here. Um, what's, what stuck out to you about Isaiah nine as you were just sort of mining it, meditating on it, praying through it, reading it, what, what really stuck with you? Well, uh, one is it helps to read the end of chapter eight to see how terrible things actually were. Um, chapter eight ends with the words, you will be thrust into thick darkness. Wow. And it is, um, the gloomy pronouncement of judgment. And then nine in relief has this wonderful um, promise that yet you will be saved and you will see a great light. And uh, that, that had a proximate fulfillment for Israel, but it had an ultimate fulfillment in the arrival of Christ in the world, which as I said, the new Testament picks up and yeah. um, the, Christ is that light. Yeah. Okay. So we're talking about this word light, if you have read your Bible for at least 90 days, you know that light is a big thing throughout most of every book of the Bible, right? Yep. And um, why is why do you think light is so important? You know, is it is it when we, we, when we read light in Isaiah, should we think of like Genesis 1? Should we think of John? Like how does this light metaphor play itself out throughout the scriptures? Well, the physical manifestation of light, obviously, is when you're in a dark place uh, and you can't even see. I, I described on Sunday being in some caves in um, Kentucky or Tennessee. I forget where they were. Uh, but you were down so deep in the ground that you couldn't see your hand in front of your face. They actually had the lights turned out. Mm -hmm. And then um, it's just amazing. If you're in a place where you cannot even see your hand in front of your face and light comes, one candle will illumine a big space. Right. But that's merely an illustration of the spiritual condition of the world. The whole world was lying in darkness. And um, that, that really is the biblical um, teaching is that without God, 
you're in darkness. And that is carried out uh, in a number of ways. One I described on Sunday, the guilt of sin creates a sense of darkness and weight. And when you have the forgiveness of sins, uh, Colossians 1 says, um, we give thanks to God because he transferred us out of the domain of darkness into the kingdom of his son because we have the forgiveness of sins. So there's darkness if you're unforgiven. There's light if you're forgiven. The Bible also picks up the idea of being darkened in your understanding. Uh, people don't think straight. People have um, irrational thoughts. Right. They don't have reality. And um, the Bible describes the mind as being darkened and unable to understand until the light of Christ comes and um, we're renewed in our mind and we have the illumination of the Holy Spirit to help us understand what's really real. And we live in a culture today in which um, there are a lot of dark lies and, uh, you know, we need the light of Christ. Yeah, that's a really good reminder, Tom. I think of also like Revelation 22 where Jesus is the light that illumines eternity. Right, won't need a sun, won't need the moon because Jesus will be there. I, I find that just really fascinating. Like, I can't really picture that. You know what I mean? Like, is it is he too bright for me to look at? Is he just bright enough? In, well, yeah, I, I... Or is it just a metaphor that says that, like, the light's always on, goodness is always there, Jesus is, is always present? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. I, I think the presence of the glory of God mm-hmm. is something uh, in a sensory way that we can't hardly comprehend right uh if you remember even in the transfiguration when jesus was transfigured in front of the three uh disciples and he was like bright luminous glory yeah just in and of himself and i think that's the sense you get in revelation 22 that's really neat it's a really interesting thing that that, like the light and darkness metaphor translates through all of time and all culture does that make sense it's not like it doesn't have a historical sort of like shepherd. Now we really don't know what a shepherd is in America, right? But this this um, this idea of light and darkness, we all understand it. We've all been kids afraid of the dark. Yep. We've all stumbled in the darkness. Yep. So I think that's really fascinating. Sort of how if you're going to pick a metaphor, yep, it's a great one. Yeah. And what we want to keep always doing is asking God, turn the light on, help me to see your Mm -hmm. truth, help me to see the brightness of uh, what's real Mm -hmm. in a world that has so many counterfeits, the the light of Christ is the light of reality. Yeah. So how would you say one should do that? Oh, you, you come to the light. He who believes in me shall not walk in darkness. So come to Jesus, give your life to him. Um, it's interesting in the Matthew 4 passage that is the fulfillment of the Isaiah 9 passage, the very first words out of Jesus um, is repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. So how do you draw near to the light? You repent of your sins, you draw near to Christ and say, Lord, give me your, give me true reality, the light of who you are. Right. Now, do you think when we talk about you, you came to the Matthew passage because it's the Isaiah passage. He says the kingdom of heaven is a hand. Do you think, you know, Mark and Erie talked about the two advents being two peaks on the same mountain and the sense of like you reach, to, you arrive at the first one and we're like walking through to the second one of the two arrivals of Jesus. We see the first arrival here and Isaiah predicts it 700 years before Jesus. Right. 
And how do you think kingdom life works with us framing ourselves around the two advents? You know, like we see a lot of the light in ourselves and our the people that follow Jesus, the the community of Jesus, the words of Jesus and his scriptures. But then we also we also have to participate in a world that's dark. Yeah, that for sure. Sense? Absolutely. And this is one of the great, um, it's a great spiritual truth if every Christian could just get their mind around it and remind themselves again and again, I have the fullness of life in Jesus, and I still live in a broken world that's yet to be made right by his second coming. And in his second coming, he will, um, he will close down human history, mm-hmm. and he will bring in the kingdom of our Lord and our Christ and all kingdoms shall bow before him right now. We're, we're already, but not yet, um, in the kingdom. The kingdom is, is at hand, but it's not fully realized yet. Yeah. We get only small glimpses or not small, but some glimpses of it. And yep. Then have to participate with it not being at fully complete yet. Yep. It's a challenge to live in the world. That's not, fully inaugurated the kingdom of Christ, but we know him and we know he's king and we know he's coming back. And one of the things about Christmas is you, you look at the birth of Christ and say that 700 years, I wonder how many people lost hope that this would happen. And then it happened. Mm -hmm. And I would just say to everybody who's living in this in-between period, don't lose hope. Uh, As sure as Christ came in his first advent, he's going to come in his second advent and we should be ready. Yeah. One of the things that stuck out to me when, when we read Isaiah 9 this week was it's a prophecy about Jesus, but it's a prophecy about Jesus to the nations, Mm. not just to Israel. Does that make sense? Oh, for sure. And I think that's, it's just so fascinating that even Isaiah, Isaiah ushered in by the Holy Spirit with the Holy Spirit is like saying, yes, and it's going to the world. All the world. Galilee of the nations is where Jesus showed up. And, um, you know, we've been in the book of Luke prior to the Advent series and, yeah. uh, good news for all people. That's, that's what Jesus came to bring. Good news for all people, all nations. Right. That's right. I'm going to segue into, I think that's why I love sort of what we're doing with the heart of Advent this year. And you, as we get into the heart of Advent and explain what we're doing this year, can you sort of share with us for those who haven't been around Calvary, um, for a long time? sort of some of the things Heart of Advent has accomplished over the years, the 12 years that's been in. Yeah. Well, um, this was a great movement. Um, really, was happened across the country, but a lot of churches said, you know, Christmas has become such a consumeristic experience, and uh, we're just bombarded all the time with what we should buy to communicate our love to people. And we just said we should resist that consumeristic mentality and become and as generous as we can. So the heart of Advent is God gave his son for us. And what we would like to do is say we want to be people who give generously, yeah. and not just to ourselves, but to further the work of God everywhere. So in 2010, we began, used to be called Advent Conspiracy, yep. uh, and then we changed it to the heart of Advent, but for these last 12 years, the members of Calvary have given nearly $2.4 million <laughs> Wow, that have been so sent out uh, to all kinds of projects. We built a school in Sudan. Uh, we've helped Step Seminary in Haiti. Uh, we built some resource centers in Lebanon. 
Um, there was a water project. There was a Habitat for Humanity house that was built with some of these over the years. So for 12 years, we've just picked different projects and said, let's give generously and have a spirit of Christ and love and grace and mercy be poured out over the world wherever we can. Yeah, spend less, give more, worship fully has That's always right. been the tagline. Yep, you do not summer. need another sweater. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> and that, that's been a good uh, motif for us. Now, some of those years, um, because we believe in our own ministry and we had certain projects that we focused on uh, for the benefit of Calvary, which included um, you know, building the Erie campus. That oh. One year, that was the focus. And uh, a couple of years ago, it was... Uh, let's launch the Thornton campus. And we've had some other projects to build classrooms that will help us raise our kids and yeah. teach our kids. And so sometimes the some portion of the project goes to the ministry of Calvary in order to help us continue to do uh, our mission of making disciples, empowering leaders, and multiplying churches. So, uh, and that will be part of the focus this year too. Yeah, but we also are we're also multiplying churches by supporting the church planning network. Right. The Northern Front Range Church Planters. Front Range Church Planting Network. That's it. And that's about 100 churches who collaborate together to plant churches in the Front Range, and we're going to help support their work. And then we're also going to help um, Horizons International with George Husney over in Ukraine. Uh, they're doing a great work over there with refugees and you know, providing resource centers, and they need some help, and we're going to help them with the Heart of Advent. So, yeah, and get some four-wheel vehicles for them right yeah they need some equipment and we're yeah. going to help get that for them it's a wonderful thing yeah lord willing that that does come to truth i love yeah, reality so even what we were saying is that um the message of christmas uh, originally was christ for all nations and i love that a lot of our focus for the heart of advent has been around the world in addition to being uh, here locally yeah and then the third part is we we do have some facility needs that need a happen on all three campuses yeah yeah that's going to help equip us to continue what we do yeah this is the reality of what we are and who we are right yeah i love that and i think every year i look forward about november i start getting anxious about what are we doing for heart of advent because i think it's a just a wonderful season i've seen it in the seven years i've been here where god has really just done some special things among us in that season does that make sense yeah for sure last last year we did um you know, a lot of our giving went to support the Afghan refugee families, yep. and they've had a tremendous year. Yeah. Uh, and that doesn't even count what happened last year after the Marshall Fire. Right. And our, our people gave so generously for that. So I love that Calvary has in its DNA a desire to give and give away. Yeah. Amazingly enough, you know, even last year with Step Seminary and creating funds in order to send Haitian nationals to seminary to come back to teach at a national seminary in Haiti. I it's just it's fun to meet these individuals who were sending over the this last year. I've had the opportunity one of them's in Denver now learning English. Like he's here and you're just seeing the reality of what we're giving to and the impact it's going to make um in Haiti for a long time. Great. Yeah. Okay, so we got Heart of Advent and we got a great Christmas season. How many years have you been doing Christmas here at Calvary? 31. That's amazing. Yeah. 31 years at Christmas Calvary. What is your favorite tradition at Calvary during the Christmas season? What are you like just every year? Like I look forward to this moment in the Christmas season. 
You know, 31 years is a long time. It's a lot of Christmas service. I told some of the guys on staff, you know, think of 30 years, 31 this year, um, and about four messages a year on Christmas. Yeah. You know, I've, I've preached probably 120 messages about <laughs> Christmas. And uh, I, I love that over the years, Calvary has changed and developed. One of my favorite new traditions at Calvary is carols and oh. uh, candlelight, oh, yeah. campfires. Yeah. Uh, it's just been a great time to get out on the lawn, sing carols in the neighborhood. Uh, I love that. And I, I love what Calvary does around Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, I would say my favorite moment is Christmas Eve service where we turn off the lights, we sit in darkness, and then we light the candle yep. or candlelight. I think that's one of my favorite moments. Yep. And there's some great music always there that accompanies that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's a really fun. Well, I really just appreciate you sitting down with me today, Tom. As you as we leave today, um, what do you want us at Calvary sort of to be thinking about as we approach Christmas and this this holiday that's easy this series is called the wonder of his love wonders of his love i would love for um in a really fresh way people who love christ and attend at calvary to sort of have uh, an ah moment where like jesus really is the light of the world he really is um the king he really is the good shepherd like this is what he's done for us and he came for us and if your christmas was filled with a little bit of wow about jesus more than any other thing that that would be a glorious christmas oh man that's great tom i love that calvary we just love you go to calvarybible.com slash christmas find out what's happening on your campus like always we're praying for that moment this season for you as you encounter Jesus. Thanks for listening, and we would love to hear from you. Always write us at theweekly@calvarybible.com. Thanks, Tom, for sitting down with me My today. My pleasure. See you, Calvary. Talk to you soon.